Okay. Good evening. We're glad you've uh, chosen to join us for tonight's online time service. And uh, we look forward to the Lord blessing us together as we study the Word of God and uh, sing and worship and pray together tonight. Let me share with you just a few announcements. This coming Sunday is going to be the first service that we are privileged to be back in our campus sanctuary here at First Assembly. And uh, of course, we're going to, it's going to look just a little bit different than it has in the past because of the COVID-19 regulations that we are trying to work through and deal with. We want to be uh, submissive to our governor and to our district officials as uh, they have uh, given us direction concerning our meeting. But we're thanking the Lord that we are going to be able to get together. So uh, 10.30 this coming Sunday, and uh, you probably received your letter in the mail from uh, the board and I, and uh, it gave you a long list of, of things that we need to accomplish in order to be able to uh, satisfy the regulations given to us to meet. So uh, please check those out and be cognizant of them. Uh, we will be wearing masks in the auditorium. Uh, so uh, remember that there will be uh, hand sanitizer at the doors. We will maintain the six feet uh, social distancing requirements. The Auditoriums are arranged as far as seating is concerned. Ushers will lead you to a place to sit. And uh, the, moment, the uh, main thing, however, is that we're, we're coming to worship Jesus. And uh, we're looking forward to that opportunity. Trust that you'll catch our Facebook devotion.
worship the Lord. There was only one way to do that, and that was to worship His Spirit and in truth. The way that we enter into worship is to come through the precious blood that Jesus shed for us on the cross. Let's sing about that tonight. Worthy is the Lamb.
give thanks to the Lord, the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world. This is a beautiful chorus. Listen to Jesus. This is our prayer. I hope it's your prayer today. Lord, make me your son.
to take a formal offering on Wednesday evenings, but let me remind you uh, of ways that you can give. You can go to our website, MonticelloFirstFamily.com, and click on the giving portal and they communicate your offerings that way. You can download the Simply Give app. Uh, you can mail your offering to PO Box 473 in Monticello, Arkansas, zip code 71657. Uh, you can text the deal, that number is 870-890-4837, or you can do it the old-fashioned way to drop out of church office on the horn under the lower portal. I need to have the charger up there if I need it. I don't know if I need it. So, since the center of support during these difficult days, these last two months that we've not been able to meet uh, in the usual way. Thank you for helping us with our mission giving. Uh, one of our missionaries has missed our monthly pledge. We thank you for that, for uh, being able to uh, pay all the bills, meet the salaries. And, uh, it's because of your faithfulness that we're able to do that and reach out to our community at the same time. Thank you so much. Very, very much. Well, if you would um, take the Bibles tonight and, and turn with me, and uh, we'll, for the next uh, 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, study the Word of God together. We are looking at the several walks, W-A-L-K, uh, the walks that are found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, 4, and 5. The Apostle Paul uses the word walk to describe the believer living out his Christian life. And Paul gives us by the Holy Spirit both several powerful admonitions. Walk worthy of the vocation. Uh, walk by using your gifts. Walk differently than the Gentiles. Walk putting on the old, putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Walk following God as dear children. And now we're talking about walking uh, as children of light. In Galatians chapter Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now we uh, are talking about uh, the uh, different ministries of light in the believer's life. We've talked about the fact that light becomes the nature of the believer. We found that in verse 8. Now in verse 9, and this is where we are again this evening, light bears the things of life. And in verse 9 it says, for the fruit of the Spirit, we know what those nine things are that, that Paul tells us about in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, 21 and 22. Uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith, those nine things. And here Paul underscores the fact that the fruit of the Spirit is uh, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And we talked last week 
about goodness and righteousness, and we want to finish our communication about truth. Uh, the Greek word that is used here is, is the word aletheia, and aletheia means moral truth, saving truth, working truth, and living out the truth. It's not simply something that we learn or something that we know. It is something that we must also do. Uh, you, you remember James, the half-brother of our Lord, writes in his letter to the church. He says, faith without works is dead. And, and so in, in, in his understanding is if we really have Bible faith, we have a faith that is, that is alive, that faith is going to be justified or verified or affirmed by works. And so this is the way it is with truth. If we really believe the truth, we're going to live out the truth. And that's what this word is, is uh, meaning and saying to us. Aletheia in the Greek is not just to know something, it is also to do something. Something that is to be done. It is the knowledge and the experience of true reality. It is truth in the inward parts, according to David in Psalm 51, verse 6. It is opposed to sham and hypocrisy. It, it permits no compromise with evil. It even abstains from the very appearance of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 admonishes us. It is, a, it is a regard for truth in every respect. Believing it, revering it, speaking it, acting it, hoping in it, and rejoicing in it. Such truthful behavior frees one from the bondages and impediments of life. And that's literally what Jesus said in John chapter 8, when the Lord said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth of God, when it is really lived out in our lives, separates us from the false reality of sin in this world. Uh, I, I want us to uh, look at the several things that truth frees us from. The truth, number one, sets man free from the shadow of doubt and despair. Man no longer has to grasp and to grope as one in the dark in order to find truth. Whether it be the truth of God or, or of this world that God has made. All truth is God's truth. Please remember that. That's not a philosophical statement. That is a fact. If it is truth, it, it came and it flowed from the very presence and person of God because God is the author of all truth. Uh, Jesus Christ has revealed the truth to us. The nature, the meaning, and the destiny of all things. We talked about in the beginning uh, of chapter 5 and, and, and uh, in verse 8. We, we talked about the fact that God makes us to understand the truth about uh, creation. It makes us understand the truth about where we came from, what our purpose on earth is, and what our destiny ultimately is to be in the presence of God forever. So truth is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. 
the, the Bible uh, tells us that grace and truth came by Jesus. You remember, if John writes his gospel and he, and he says, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is, there is so much debate today in the Christian church, and it's a travesty, and it's sad that this should ever come to this in the kingdom of God or uh, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ because the Lord said that he was the truth. And, and, and we're debating as to whether there are other ways to be saved, whether there are other ways to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we, we understand that truth, the light of God, the truth of God, comes from Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, John uh, uh, 1, verse 9 says, That was the true light, talking about Jesus, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And the Word, the Logos, who is Jesus, was made flesh, and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, lived among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says this, Now the Lord is that Spirit, capital S. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom, and the ministry of light and truth, the truth will cause the shadow of doubt and, to, and despair to flee. Number two, the truth sets men free from the bondages of sin. Uh, we are living in a day and an hour where uh, we, we talk a whole lot about free grace, uh, but we, we do not teach grace like the Bible teaches grace. Grace is not a license to sin. Like, uh, grace is not an excuse to stay the same way that we've always been. Yes, God understands we're flesh. God understands that we're, we, we have uh, sinful behavior. But when you become a Christian, you enter into that life-giving power of the truth of God. And the Bible says that grace becomes an environment in which you can get better. It, it, is, it is an opportunity for you to become like Jesus. Uh, it is not an excuse for us to make place for our sin and continue to be like we've always been. We, we, we must understand that, that salvation is a life-changing encounter. It is something that sets us free, and it sets us free to live differently than we have under the regime of sin. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we, when we were lost without Christ, we were still in sin. We were controlled by the spirit of disobedience. We, we were controlled by the prince of the power of the air. We were controlled by the lust of our flesh. But, but when we came to Christ, God has set us free and, and liberated us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Titus 3 verse 5 says, and God has created in us a new life. A new man. If any man be in Christ, he, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become 
new. In John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them gave he power or authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Uh, in, in Romans 7, verses 23 and 25, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Listen to this. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who is the one who can deliver me from the judgment of sin? Who's the one that can take this old dead body that is strapped to me, uh, that is a death sentence uh, uh, to my soul? Who can liberate me from that? Jesus Christ can do that. And he alone. For to be carnally minded is death. Romans 8 verse 6 says. But to be spiritually minded, to come to Christ, to have light in your life, is life and peace. The Bible says we have not received the spirit of fear uh, unto bondage, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is the Aramaic word uh, for daddy or a term of endearment for father. And so God allows us this wonderful privilege being set free by the grace of God and the forgiveness of Christ, we enter into that holy, wonderful uh, relationship with Jesus and with our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit as a child of God. Number three, let me hurry on. The truth sets man free from the bondage of death. Now, the Bible tells us that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And, and death came upon man in the Garden of Eden. And it has been with us even unto now. And there are two kinds of death. Number one, there is a physical death. And the Bible tells us, the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, for it is appointed once unto man to die, and after this the judgment. Physical death is coming to all of us. If Jesus doesn't come, we're going to die. Physical death is appointed to everyone. But I'm telling you, the, the tragedy is the second death, and that is spiritual death, which is separation from God. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it, and a lot of people want to run from it. And preachers today shy away from, from it because it's not seeker-sensitive, and it doesn't make people feel good. But it's the truth of God. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, I saw both great and small stand before God. And the books were opened, and those who were there were judged out of the things that were written in the books. And, 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 and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And listen to this. Whosoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And the Bible calls that eternal separation from God, and it is declared to be the second death. You read in the book of Revelation chapter 20, a few verses before the verses that I just quoted to you. And the Bible says, Blessed and holy is he who hath part in the first resurrection, for over him the second death hath no power. What's that saying? Folks, that's telling you that when you know Jesus Christ, and you have been saved by the light and the truth of God, and you have a relationship with him, death has been defeated. 
physical death. Yes, we may die uh, in, in this life, but even that is going to be defeated because I, I listen to the scripture. Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the resurrection of the body. And though this body passed away because of sin that is in it right now, the day is coming when God is going to defeat that and he's going to raise that body from the dead. Listen, he, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised, and we shall be changed. This corruptible will put on incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Listen to it. Death is swallowed up in victory. You see, God is going to even destroy the enemy of these physical bodies, death. In Adam we die, but in Christ we all live. And so death is defeated. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation at the end times that death and hell are going to be cast into Gehenna fire and they will be no more. Oh, thank God. The truth of Jesus Christ sets men free from the bondage and the captivity of death. Number four, the truth sets man free from the bondage of judgment and hell. The darkness of an unknown future and the apprehension of an impending judgment is constantly facing mankind. At best, man can only hope for annihilation and he shudders at that thought. But when, the, the idea that, that we would be cast, the soul would live on forever to be tormented in Gehenna flame forever and forever, for me, is too much for me to bear. And so it drives me to the cross. It drives me to the worship. It brings me to a Savior who so lovingly and so graciously gave up his life for your sins and for mine to save me from the judgment of hell and damnation. Oh, friend, God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 17 of John chapter 3. The Bible says, He that hath the Son hath life, but he that hath not the Son hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. 1 Peter 2.24, listen to it. The Bible says, Who his own self, talking about Jesus, bear in his own body our sins on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Oh friend, I just want to tell you, you don't have to fret over hell and judgment if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior. He is our advocate. He is our defense lawyer. He is our mediator. He is our high priest. He ever lives to make intercession for us and pleads our case before the Heavenly Father. And I thank God tonight that I have the advocacy and the mediatorship of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am saved because of what he did for me on the cross. Number five, the truth sets men free to be saved to the uttermost. Existence, love, joy, peace, satisfaction, pleasure, hope, 
Nothing has to be incomplete any longer. No good thing ever again has to be denied us. Jesus Christ, the truth, is able to save man, listen to it, to the uttermost. Completely, perfectly, finally, and for eternity. All a person must do is to confess their sins, repent and turn from them, and receive the Son of God as our Savior. And He offers us and gives to us eternal and everlasting life. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore He is able to save to them, save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And listen, you are complete or finished in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Well, friends, I, I pray tonight that you will allow the truth of God to touch your heart, touch your life, change you, and set you free. Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 8, I remind you of this, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We are set free by the light and the life and the truth of God. Free from the shadow of doubt and despair, free from the bondages of sin, free from the bondage of death, judgment, and hell, and saved by the truth to the uttermost, completely and eternally. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God. And I just ask, Lord, that you would go into those rooms where people are listening right now to this uh, program. Father, I thank you for the opportunity and, and the privilege to be able to share the word of God with those who are listening tonight. We have pray, O oh Lord, According to Isaiah 55, verse 11, that the word of God would not return unto you empty, but it would accomplish that which you have sent it to do, and it would prosper and accomplish the mission that you have intended for it to perform. Lord, we believe for that right now. Touch us, change us, challenge us, make us more like Jesus. May every day of our life we allow the Holy Spirit to stamp the likeness and the image of the dear Son of God upon each other. Let your truth rule in us, reign in us, and produce this victory. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us tonight. I, I trust that you'll remember the service of Sunday. We're going to be back here in the auditorium, 1030. Come about 30 minutes early if you would, and we're going to have uh, ushers to, to lead you to your seats. And, and uh, we're looking forward to a great time in the house of God here at First Assembly in Monticello on this same Lord's Day. Until then, God bless you. Good night.